This is Peter. And this is Tom. And you're listening to History Teachers Talking Podcasts. All right, this is Peter Zablocki and Thomas Reska, and welcome back to our podcast. Um, today, we have a special guest with us, Mr. Dan Grizwas. Dan, hello. Yes, Mr. Hello, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. So, uh, Mr. Dan over here is our um, fellow history teacher, and he, I was told by, by Tom, does this lesson about forgotten presidents in his history class. Is that correct, Dan? Oh, that's correct. You know, the Gilded Age is such a fun time, you know, because it's so comparable to today. It's, it's so inspiring. Yeah, it is. It is. It's actually the most boringest thing to teach the students. But when you go back as an adult and look at it, you're like, wow, it's really relevant today. So nice. Nice. So uh, I guess that's our topic. Uh, our topic today is going to be talking about um, forgotten presidents. Now, um, interesting, though, because when I think of forgotten presidents, the Gilded Age definitely like is front and center. But there's also some like just doing research for this. I don't know if you guys found this, but there's some that like go like earlier, mid 1800s that it doesn't necessarily just go Gilded Age. There's some presidents that are. Yeah, well, okay. it's, yeah, the topic is not just Gilded Age we're talking about. We're talking about like, forgettable presidents. Yes. So that's kind of what we're going to be looking at. And there's a lot of them like the Gilded Age. But a lot so of them are like, in the Gilded Age. Yeah, a lot, a lot of them are. And the Gilded Age, obviously, we're talking about that's the late 19th century, right? That's what we're applying yep. here. Uh, under the glitter or the gilded surface. Of all the prosperity, right, was all those troubling issues, right? The poverty, unemployment, the corruption, the government was dominated by political machines, all that type of stuff is what you can see if you, like, you know, look this stuff up. But then there's a lot of presidents involved here, and they kind of just got kind of swept through history. That's what if you looked up, like, why are they forgettable? A lot of times they say they just didn't really impact the country in a major important way. But you can also argue that they were presidents, so they could impact the country some way. And just going back to it, going back to what Peter said, the forgettable presidents, it's usually after a time, especially during the pre-modern era where like a, a strong-willed president like Jackson or Lincoln takes yeah. power and then Congress comes back in afterwards and kind of cuts that power away. And that's yeah, they're worried about the power. Exactly. Yeah. In, like, in between Jackson and Lincoln, you have it. I mean, in between really Lincoln and you can make an argument for McKinley or Roosevelt. Like, I think you have those like gaps of like not so much personality presidents, but more power in Congress. No, I was going to say they're not these larger than life figures that you see with Teddy Roosevelt and pretty, you know, after him or like today, the presidency is looked at as like you have to be charismatic. These guys, at least, you know, history says they're probably one of the most charismatic people. That's why they get kind of forgotten in the history books a little bit more. Well, Dan brought up a good point. I think there's definitely a pattern here that oftentimes what we're seeing is specifically during Reconstruction, when you have Congress taking over and taking center stage and kind of pushing the office, the executive branch to decide and, and you, get, you kind of get that vibe of forgotten presidencies because Congress is definitely asserting their power a little bit more. So good point. Uh, all right. You want to guys want to start some chronologically or you want to just throw them out there? I mean, who are some of these forgotten presidents? It's kind of sad. A lot of people don't even know these people are presidents. I mean, I think everyone's favorite scandal wise has to be Grover Cleveland by far. Um, yes. Two non-consecutive terms. Uh, and then, of course, he marries his, you know, kind of war, kind of daughter, which is kind of weird at the time. And we talked about that in another podcast, and we Pete. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, that's everyone's favorite scandal president, I guess. But, like, yeah, he has some integrity, of course. He was pretty, one of the more honest presidents of that era, often he was credited for. So, Well, he also, I mean, he's got the, talk about scandalous, I mean, some accounts, which by today's standards definitely kind of fit, that he actually raped somebody before he became president. And this was this was brought up as he's running for president. And, and the fact that this guy's still elected, like, that would never fly in 21st century. No question about it. 
Well, yeah, um, well, I saw like I thought a lot of things I saw that was like Cleveland was like an idea. He was a reformer, but his reforms were had anything to do with like money and organizations. Like he didn't really concern himself with any of the, like the the social justices of what was going on, like with like the industrial workers and stuff like that, or any of the old problems yeah. with racial justice. He didn't care. Like he, during his time was when um, Geronimo surrendered, right? Yep. But like also too, like he is like he believed in like laissez-faire government to to it. Yes. Uh, like even, you know, it, it, sometimes it helped people, sometimes it didn't help the people. But like what eventually did him in was towards the end of his second term where like, you know, you had the abuses of businesses and you had the huge economic downturns, the panic of 1893, where they wanted government to be more involved. And ultimately Cleveland absolutely refused because that was job not given to the federal government. Yeah. I think since we're talking about Grover Cleveland, though, like, I mean, there's a guy that was squeezed in right in there between those two presidencies that no one, literally no one remembers. And that's Benjamin Harrison. I mean, we got to throw that in there. Um, which, by the way, just so you guys know, is the last president to have a beard. Did you guys know that? I didn't know that really? until I started doing this research. Yeah. That's, that, that's, that's life-changing knowledge right there. Life-changing. Uh, became president in between those two terms. He's also the only grandchild of a president, William Henry Harrison, um, who actually also could make this list today. No question about it. Uh, he didn't, you know, Harrison didn't really do anything to distinguish himself as president. And I don't even think he won popular vote from what I remember. But they said that he was so unlikable and so stern and like stoic that the media of the time referred to him as the White House iceberg, like no charisma, no charm, just like, you know, just he was just there. Um, clearly he actually, he even cut his kids out of his will. I don't know if you guys saw that. Like Benjamin Harrison was an interesting That's nice guy. Well, he did have um, some things did happen during his presidency though. That were like, yeah, what he got, yeah, he had six new states were admitted to the union when he was president. Well, I guess. I mean, that, how, I much mean, that, that, how much is that? How much is that Benjamin Harrison though? His administration passed the anti, the Sherman antitrust act, which outlawed right, monopolies. Okay. So that was a big, and then I saw the main thing with him though. They said he had the uh, treasury had too much money. Really? So what happened is a lot of the um, congressmen appointees went on like a spending spree and a lot of money was spent modernizing the Navy. But the problem was that also left the country in financial trouble. But then that's why he kind of got didn't win re-election. And then Grover Cleveland comes back again. When you did your research, did you find his grandpa on this list as well? Because I did. I would say his grandpa's probably one of the not forgotten presidents because he's always that fun fact trivia that, you know, he served a month and died. True statement. Uh, yes. Yeah. Where yeah. like, yes, he did nothing <laughs> great for so. all that. But yeah. When you talk about his war record against Tecumseh, like he's more, I would say, less forgettable than everyone, the other ones, because he has other things going for him besides just being president. But I guess so we could say his presidency, because it's like non-existent, is forgettable, right? Yeah. But as a man, historically, he's not necessarily. I agree with that. I concur with that. That's good. This was always interesting to me because you know how your parents always tell you, like, don't go outside, you know, without a hat in the winter because you're going to get sick. And like you try to explain to your parents, like, you don't get sick from the cold. You get sick from bacteria and other things. But this still is the narrative when it comes to this guy. You know what I mean? Like he I gave the longest inaugural speech in history, which was like two hours. And basically, I mean, this is still a narrative. Everywhere I look, it's like he refused to wear warm clothing to protect the bitter cold. And then he dies from pneumonia, you know, just a month after taking oath of office. It's, it's interesting because, I mean, am I wrong? I mean, I don't think you get sick from the cold. Do you? I don't know. Maybe maybe my mom was right all this time, and my dad. I don't know, but that is I mean, definitely stay storm. warm. It was it was raining too, right? Wasn't yeah. that the whole thing with him? So it's, I mean, it's one of those things that 
that's what like Dan was saying. That's what he's kind of remembered for, right? He got he yeah. gets sick and dies. That's his being very shortest term in office. Yeah, claim the fame. Well, his successor, even like John Tyler, gets pretty much he's forgotten too, just because he's forgotten by, by his own party during the actual his actual presidency. Yeah, like everybody forgets this guy like pretty much no. exists. Yeah. Well, because he ran as a Whig, but he wasn't a Whig. And then he becomes president. The Whig parties, you know, was all excited to actually have a president with Harrison. And then Harrison dies. And then they're like, uh oh, <laughs> the next guy up wasn't necessarily a Whig. And also, too, the fun fact about T- Tyler, though, is he had to convince everybody that he should be president because the line of presidential succession wasn't really official yet. Yep. But it's weird, too, is he actually, um, Tyler, didn't he, um, he died a Confederate, right? Didn't he join the Confederacy afterwards? He did, and he's the one responsible for annexing Texas too, which often gets yeah. credited to Polk. Yes, he yeah, kind of dropped that yeah. bomb for Polk to deal with. Yeah, he was actually a member of the House of Representatives. Yeah, in the Confederacy, that's where he died. Oh, really? <laughs> so he, yeah, he died fighting against the United States. So he, a former president, too, like, joins the Confederacy. Holy God! You think about that for a second. Wow. And I remember what was the fun fact of thinking like one of his kids was like still alive, or one of his yes. great great or. It's still alive today. It's something crazy. Oh, like yeah, maybe, I think he passed away maybe like last year. Or year it was. Two. It was he passed about that, away. Yeah. yeah, we talked about I think he passed away like two years ago or three years ago, which is insane. Like the way that it worked. What, let's talk about Zachary Taylor. Because I, I mean, I would have him on this list. Would you guys have Zach Taylor on this list? Zachary Taylor? I mean, as he a, wasn't as even. A president, yeah. yeah, as a president, absolutely. And then once again, as a historical figure, not not so much. Like he, his name pops up for the Mexican War. Um, absolutely. And that's, that's the thing. But as a president, like. A lot of people believe he could have, he would have been willing to end slavery. He might have tried to end slavery or start the Civil War earlier because he didn't have he wasn't that enthusiastic supporter of it from when I when I researched at least. Yeah. Uh, and of course his death was led to fun too. Whether he was poisoned by cherries, which wasn't true at all, I believe. But yeah, well, didn't they that, they, they actually exhumed that was kind him. of the narrative, right? That was a narrative. I'm almost yeah, they, positive they, they exhumed him in the 90s to double check if yep. he was poisoned or not. And he wasn't, by the way. They 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 figured out he was not. But you're right. Yeah, he was definitely a moderate on the issue of. Um, of slavery and uh, he owned slaves, but he was very moderate about it. And I mean, this is a guy that's least likely president. He was probably the least likely to become president of American history. I mean, he had no political background whatsoever. I mean, he was just a war hero, but at the end of the day, Americans love war heroes. If we, if we really go down the line of presidents, um, that does seem to be the number one qualification. Also, he, they said that he chewed tobacco like crazy and would used to spit like tobacco juice all over the White House carpet and the cleaning people. I did read that. Yeah, imagine as like a president just doing it. But that's what again. That's that, that was it. That was the time. You yeah. know, so it's crazy when you hear about all these like gross things that the presidents used to do. That could be a topic, Pete. That we do that gross presidents. There's a couple gross presidents. No, if we do that, though, we're gonna get we're gonna get like take like the like the CIA or something's gonna come after us. Yeah, CIA. Like yeah, they listen to this. You know, um, they might. They might. You never, you never know. know. You never know. Let's not sell you ourselves short here. Probably gets flagged. Probably gets flagged. I'm sure. However, I think since we're, we're kind of back there in the 1800s and going back to something that, Dan, you said right at the beginning today is this idea of following a strong president. I, I think Martin, Martin Van Buren, what do you think? What do you guys yeah. think? Would you put him here? <laughs> um, yeah. I'm chill of tears. I mean, the guy, I mean, a lot of people forget the fact that he's the one that's technically directly responsible for the Trail of Tears. I don't know. What do you guys think? Well, so most of the um, articles that I found listed him as like one of the first ones. Of these yeah, I don't know forgettable presidents, well, yeah, they said he was a he was the first truly. Time magazine calls him the first truly forgettable president. Really? And he, they said he was done in by like the economic crisis brought by the banks. True. His extravagant lifestyle made him an easy scapegoat for political opponents. 
right? Because he kind of like liked to live in like luxury and stuff like and that. And he had a depression. Well, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he had all that stuff. And he was he was soundly defeated by William Henry Harrison in 1841. So it was kind of just like he was in there for a couple of years. He was, you know, Jackson was popular. He was Jackson's handpicked successor, right? And then he just kind of like, he's not Jackson. He doesn't have that persona. He doesn't have that will to kind of like force his will on people like Jackson did. So Van Buren, it kind of gets like overlooked. They say just, you know, he nearly disappears from from history. I mean, he was he was a one term president, um, and you know he did run for reelection. I don't know, Dan. What do you think? Well, I mean, it goes back to what we said before. You're coming after a strong personality. Usually, the person after the strong will personality is, you know, going to be forgot regardless. As you said, he over he oversaw the Trail of Tears. But if you ask any you know student or somebody, they'll, they'll blame it on Jackson, which it is his yep. fault, granted. But like, he clearly could have done something. He clearly could have you know made it not as harsh, kind of stopped it, but. He just kind of got a bad person, a bad, he was a smart man, probably, or he created the modern political system, but he wasn't the right person for the job at the time. Yeah, just because yeah. you're smart doesn't necessarily mean you can be president. Like it doesn't, yeah, there's a lot of other factors in there. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's like, you know, whatever figure you come after is, is a pretty a big deal. Like John Adams, John Adams comes after George Washington. His biggest problem was he wasn't George Washington. Yeah. And like, same thing with Martin Van Buren. He comes after Jackson. Everyone, you know, loves Jackson or hates Jackson. He, he's just kind of like, he's there. And people don't want to have a boring president. They want an exciting president. Yeah. We'll talk about boring presidents. And I don't, I don't know about boring or not, but I think these are these two guys always kind of pop up. One is Franklin Pierce, right? Handsome Frank. And the other one is Millard, Millard Fillmore, right? Millard Fillmore. I feel like 1800s, apart from like some like all-stars in the 1800s, it, it kind of just... These guys, man, 1800s were a rough time for presidents. I mean, what do you guys have for like Millard Fillmore? Like, I mean, obviously, Fugitive Slave Act, we're talking about the Compromise of 1850, which really kind of, I mean, that's a huge topic we, we all teach. And a lot of people forget the fact that it was Millard Fillmore that pushed that through. But I mean, besides that, what do you got? Do you have anything about Millard Fillmore? Well, I mean, like, if you really look at his early story, he kind of like um, has parallels to um, like Lincoln, right? Because he was raised. Um, he was born in a log cabin, right, in the frontier, yep. and he was, like, r- slowly rising through the political machine, right, and eventually he becomes president. So he has a lot of that, but his president is pretty much – his presidency is pretty much, you know, forgettable ending, right? Um, and also, I mean, they say that he was so bad and so just in, un- ineffective that he actually was the last ever Whig president. Like, he was the end of the Whig experiment, I guess. In United States political history. Yeah, so the only thing that he like united people with is that people united that they hated him. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> <kind of> <laughs> that, that was pretty much what it was. Like what he did, he said like slavery was a political matter, not a moral question. We, should, so, so we that, forgot to mention years I mean, for all these things. Uh, Fillmore um, was 1850 um, to 1853. Yeah, yeah, he takes over for um, Taylor, right? Yeah, yep. after Taylor dies. Yeah, he does. And then uh, Benjamin Harrison, by the way, was um, 1889 to 1893. Uh, William Henry Harrison was 1841, one month. Uh, Taylor was 1849 to 1850. I feel like we should have mentioned these. And Martin Van Buren was 1837 to 1841. All right, let's talk about Pierce. Do you guys have anything about Pierce? Pierce has got a he's got a bum rap to start. I mean, like, who knows how he would have been? I mean, he's coming back from you know he just gets elected president, so you'd feel pretty happy for happy for the guy. But then he's coming back on a train with his wife and his kid, 11 year old son. They get into a train accident. His son dies, and that pretty much devastates him for most of his presidency. Yep, he becomes an alcoholic like he, because of it. They say. 
Yeah, right. he refuses to swear his oath of office in the Bible because God cannot exist because of what happened to it, what happened to his son. So, like, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a bad rap to start. And obviously, he doesn't do much behind it. I mean, Kansas, Nebraska act. No, he's, um, he, he's suffering from depression. I mean, that's obvious. That's yeah, what he'd be diagnosed absolutely. with today. I mean, that's what it is. Hmm. Interesting. Then one other interesting caveat here is that when he ran for president, he was nominated by the Democratic Party, right? Um, he was from the North, but he was pro-slavery, which is interesting, uh, which kind of appealed to the Southerners, which is probably why he got the election, won the election. But he was opposed in the election by a Whig candidate and his boss, General Winfield Scott. Um, that used to be um, – he served directly under Winfield Scott in the Mexican-American War, which I thought was interesting. And they said Pierce won it based on his personality. Uh-uh. I don't know, hmm. but I guess, like you said, like once he wins it, things kind of, you know, go downhill. Um, they say he pretty much retired to just take care of his his wife because his wife was in such a bad depression. He didn't run for re-election. He actually moved to Europe. I think it said he moved to Europe or the Bahamas or both to take care of his grieving wife. He did oppose the civil yeah. war, though, which is interesting. Yeah, basically, like Dan was saying, the death of his son just was the basically the death of him, swept, even though swept, he yeah, swept the rug. You know, he was alive physically, mentally, and spiritually. He was done. Yeah, there was nothing. I mean. And plus one of his closing lines, um, when he doesn't, his party doesn't renominate him, when he says, there's nothing left to do but get drunk. Um, oh, man. Imagine a president saying that. Like, yeah, about, exactly. Like a president saying that. Crazy. I mean, it's, pretty, it's pretty crazy. All right, so let's talk about some of these, like, gilded guys, the guys that follow Johnson. Because, I mean, Johnson came on some of these lists I was looking at, and I'm like, no, he's not. Like, Johnson, Andrew Johnson is by no means a forgotten president. So I'm just going to ignore any website whatsoever that was so there's a couple that i thought was like they might not be great presidents but they're not forgotten presidents like you listen to this grant was he well maybe his presidency was forget forgetful i mean yeah but the guy's on he, he's on he's on money like he's not, yeah, but, not but he's not on money for being a president yeah no, he's on for being a general well his yeah, presidency also, was scandalous yeah oh, a lot of, but a lot of pres a lot of people are looking back at grant's presidency now and kind of saying wow this guy actually did do more than he gets credit yeah. for he yeah. eradicated the ku klux klan down south civil rights i mean he did what he could for civil rights um, down south. All all the reconstruction legislation he oversees, and he, he's he's he pro it. He's very pro it. Remember, he gives up his you know he sells his slaves, gets rid of them when he can, um, and he, he's a big kind of advocate for African Americans at that time, which is pretty much unheard of getting those equal rights. But he doesn't do it. Kind of doesn't do enough to get the credit he deserves. I think most of the time. I mean, a lot of it stems also from the scandals in his presidency, which don't necessarily can't necessarily be tied to him. But I feel like that kind of gives him a bad rap. But again, I wouldn't say forgettable by any means. You know, like what did Chester A. Arthur do? I mean, I kind of feel bad because our friend Katie, who was on our podcast mm -hmm. a few weeks ago, she loves Chester A. So, Katie, we, we like him too. We just don't know much about him. What do you guys have for Chester A.? I mean, the, Pel the Pelton Act, that's really what his claim to fame would be, I mean, legislation-wise. Uh, mm -hmm. But it's kind of thing he kind of had to do since his, you know, former partner, Garfield, gets shot by an office seeker. So, and Pelton Act, yeah. you know makes the civil service reforms like what the, the civil service jobs and everything right and they said yeah. he was and he they said before his presidency he was as a lawyer he definitely focused on like civil rights cases which is interesting and this is up in new york he's from the north he became president in 1881 through 85 but basically um, that civil service commission though then like you were saying a lot of people didn't like that though because he made uh, it made that uh, people had to take like tests right for government jobs and that angered a lot of congressmen. He wasn't nominated for a second term because of that. Like that, the one yeah. thing that he kind of does also cost him a chance at re-election because they don't nominate him because so many congressmen are angry about that. I mean, basically, he's getting away with their like payoffs and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, they couldn't just I mean, give jobs to their friends. They still could, but I guess not as easily. 
Yep. Oh, yeah, because he had the mugwumps. Yeah. Because <laughs> the mugwumps I mean, works out with him. Right. I mean, there's a few interesting facts about him that, you know, kind of like your typical, hey, did you know? Um, he was kind of like Obama was. He was definitely uh, accused of potentially not being a natural-born citizen because his father lived in Ireland and Canada before he was born. So his parents, like, moved around a lot. So there, there's some people when he, was, he became president, they're like, ah, should this guy even be president? Um. He was actually named after the doctor that delivered him, Mr. Ch- Chester Abel. Um, what else? Dad was a priest. Um, I mean, there's a couple other ones. I mean, he's obviously known for his for his facial hair, right? Yeah, he said he was very he uh, was known to be very good looking. Really? His stylist clothes had whisker had those that whisker type you know whisker sideburn type of look that you would see. Okay. Big guy too. He's over six feet tall, apparently. That's why we've seen all the websites kept on saying one of the tallest really? presidents. Why not? It's always a claim <laughs> when you're. Yeah, I know. I was going to say you're, that you're tall. Yeah, that, that's your claim. You're, you're one of the tallest guys you've ever president. Oh, great. You know, that's like all you're known for. I guess you could be put on this forgettable presidency list. You know. They said that he had no vice president for his entire four-year term. I did not know that before. I that happened a couple speech. times, though. There was like, several times when there was no vice president for a while. That seems like kind of risky, though, isn't it? Well, it wasn't required. It wasn't required. It was. It was before the uh, secession was put in place. Yeah, he also had a uh, personal. He was the first president to have a personal valet. Um, apparently, he was like really into his clothes, and uh, some historians argue that he had close to eighty pairs of pants. You know, I don't, I don't know, but again, fairly forgettable when it comes to actual office stuff. I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Warriors in Their Own Words, a podcast that presents the unvarnished, unsanitized truth of what we have asked of those who defend this nation. As a country, we need these stories more than ever. Stories from Americans who have borne the battle, including 30-year-old remastered interviews with veterans from World War I recounting their time in the trenches of Europe, and with veterans from World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and from our most recent conflicts in Iraq, Afghanistan, and other battlefields Americans may never have heard of. Hear their stories by listening to Warriors in Their Own Words wherever you find podcasts. Um, all right, who else do we have during this this time period, late 1800s? We got Garfield. I mean, but once again, his claim to fame is getting sh- getting shot. Um, so he couldn't do much in his presidency, so he kind of gets forgotten. True. Cool beard, though. Basically, that guy could have totally lived. If that happened to oh, him, yeah, he'd, be like, he, like, he'd be out of the hospital the next day. Yeah, yeah, yeah he would have been fine. Yeah. <laughs> and he said he could have been they a good president, get... but no one really knows. That's why it's forgettable, they... basically, if he's got shot. Because they try to get the bullet out and just mess him up even more. Yeah, they kept on like sticking their like, dirty fingers into like trying to see the projectile, the bullet. It's like, what are you doing? All right, what else we got, guys? Anyone, anybody else that pops up? Go no, you actually, Rutherford B. Hayes. Well, Rutherford B. Hayes. They say he's forgotten, right? I mean, he's. You, when you look at them, you think of like end of Reconstruction. You think of Compromise of 1877. But then besides that, like uh, that's all I got for Rutherford B. Hayes. It's not like you spend time teaching Rutherford B. Hayes. I, I would say he probably fits here. No? What do you guys think? Well, he didn't really do anything to stop, like, the Southern leaders, like, to, to try to take a vote away from, like, African-Americans. Like, he didn't do anything. He just kind of, like... Well, but that was part of the deal, wasn't it? Like, Yeah, hey. yeah, but he also, like, could have... He could have spoke up. Like, he was he was also very... He also barely won, right? Wasn't, like, really one of the closest... Yeah, it was a special had. congressional committee that actually yeah. declared him president. Like, he never won the presidency. Yeah, actually, yeah. yeah. He was, yeah. 
He was electoral college by one vote, and that made him president. Yeah, supporters made a deal to put him in. Yeah, and more than likely that the other Tilden who he ran against more than likely should have won. Um, when we look back, when historians look back at that, because you know, as you said, kind of the fraudulent aspect that that he got that that he got his presidency from. I mean, rather fraud. It was a great nickname. Yeah. Um, and he, and he wasn't very fun either. He didn't drink, didn't smoke, didn't gamble. Yeah, wasn't his wife was, a big? His wife was a big supporter of the temperance movement, right? Yeah. Yep. And once again, no, coming no, after just... a big personality like Grant makes you kind of like kind of Congress kind of want to puts that back and put that personality back in the bottle. Interesting. And interesting how you said bottle and the whole idea of like he eliminated booze from the White yeah, House. You see, we did that. Yeah, it's good. That's, that's, good. Why all, that's why all his kids get fives on the eight, on the eight push test, Dan. Nice. Yeah, nice. all of them. All of them. All of them. Every single, <laughs> isn't your average like <laughs> your average is like a is like a five point six, right? It's a six, absolutely. Yeah, that's awesome. That's uh, awesome. Uh, I, hey, his, I got my I got my AP shirt today. That was very exciting. I, I was a reader for AP, and I got I got my shirt. Oh, they, they actually send you a shirt. That's they finally sent me a shirt. I get a, I could get a shirt or a tote bag, and I, I opted for the shirt. I mean, well, you can, we'll, also, we'll also give you. Uh, should we give him a uh, history teacher talking podcast shirt? We Pete? should. We should give you some of our merch. We have it uh, available. At, are they available at our store, Pete? Just say that they are. They are not. There's no store, but we do have some. Oh. If anyone wants them, email us. We'll send them over to you. <laughs> yeah, we'll just send it. You can just have one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, merch <laughs> is the best. <laughs> but what else? Uh, his wife was actually known as Lemonade Lucy. Did yeah. you guys hear that? Oh, one? Yeah. because she was so anti like alcohol. Well, she used to serve uh, lemonade at the White House instead of alcohol. So he was dis- these, you know, people from these dis- they would come over from other countries, or like you know, a high-ranking congressman would come to the White House. They expect you know, like bourbon, whiskey, scotch, whatever, and they're getting just lemonade. So, you know, we, we don't drink at the White House, and they're like, "Wait, what?" Like, huh. so it's interesting, and it's kind of, obviously that led down the line eventually to prohibition. It was one of the beginning of that temper, well, not the beginning, but a major factor in that temperance movement. Yeah, I would say that for prohibition. All right. Who else we had from this? Uh, from his neighbors in time. Uh, I mean, really, the next one we talk about. I mean, possibly could be Taft. I mean, McKinley. You can argue, uh, but McKinley. You know, he fought the Spanish American War, so I wouldn't really classify him there. Yeah, I wouldn't classify that. I mean, he was. I mean, he's the reason we have Teddy. So I feel like that's his claim to fame too. Well, they said like most of the websites that they did include, if they did include McKinley on it, said that his biggest claim to fame was that he was assassinated. That brought in. Roosevelt, Teddy Roosevelt, which basically he's not a forgettable president. Like he's the beginning of that, like more intense individual, that more correct, charismatic individual, like Dan was talking about before. Well, and you guys want McKinley to have a huge political to... life. Yeah, huge political life. Oh yeah, but McKinley's, McKinley's also yeah. in the fame too. Is, is the only president who didn't push for he didn't push for the war. Like yeah. he didn't ask Congress for a declaration yeah. of war. Congress kind of did it themselves, which is pretty pretty crazy when you think about it. All the stuff that's been happening today, and, and he did win re-election, McKinley. Absolutely, because he won a war. Yeah, yeah. Going a little forward, I mean, you guys want to get to the the twenties? I mean, we could go to the. Tw- I mean, unless well, I, but I think one that, that I saw on a lot of the list was um, Buchanan. Really? Think about that. I mean, well, forgettable as far as like he did, he didn't do well, much. As in, he was not. terrible. I mean, yeah. Well, that's how terrible he, he's usually the one on the list. What the worst president of all time? Yeah, he's that's usually always. number one. He's always the worst president. Yeah, I mean, he's always he, one, obviously. and Johnson's always number two. Usually, yeah, he's always there because he. You know, he thought about the best action was no action when it came to the Civil War. Well, like the beginning of the Civil War, right, when the state succeeded. He's like, you can't do that, yeah. but I'm going to do nothing to stop you. So really, he was just a very poor leader. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, yeah, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I don't know if I would say forgettable, but yeah, I agree right. with everything said. Dan, what do you think? I mean, absolutely. Like, I mean, forgettable implies, you know, we don't, we don't remember who he is and what he does, but like, we remember what he does, but he didn't do anything. So, 
you know, it's yeah, I think it's more forgettable than the lines of just like let's forget about this guy even existed. Like you know, yeah, he doesn't deserve that title. Well, he was a president, but he's not presidential as we know it today. And then you guys like, want to get to uh, Harding and Coolidge? I mean, Harding and Coolidge. The, Historically, the I mean, I would is, say I know who they are, but like, does an average American know anything about Coolidge but, or like Harding? The, the funny part is about Coolidge is that Coolidge would be so proud of the fact that he was forgotten, True. implying that he had he didn't do anything. So that's what he wanted to do. It, let yep. the business, let the economy take care of itself. Government shouldn't do anything. No one should even know my name. And he'd be very proud of the fact that he's a forgotten president. That is true. Wasn't he like the silent cow when someone bet somebody yeah. that they could say uh, he could say more than two words or something like that? And he's, his answer was, you lose. Yeah, yeah, um, I did hear I, that story. Every, and if, if you like, whenever I teach about Coolidge, I mean, he was popular, like you said, Dan, for pretty much doing nothing. Like, let's minimize the government interference as much as possible. Well, he even that famous, well, he was the, um, what's the quote, right? The business of America's business. Yes. That's uh, yes. Coolidge, right? He That's was. Coolidge. Well, there was all three of them. I mean, it, throughout. Yeah, well, he was. Well, he was taking. He, he was just following that whole idea. Yeah, but and, that's more um, than the twenties. Yeah. yeah, and Harding's more famous for his scandals, both his you know sexual exploits and his you know actual scandals like Teapot Dome. Uh, but like, like I said, he was he was chosen because he was a, a, kind of a nobody. The Ohio game. And he was I mean, yeah, and he was chosen because he looked like a president, not because he was very smart. I think he, he himself even said he like he was one of the most least qualified individuals ever to take office. <laughs> he's going to bring that. They said he, he said he was going to bring the nation back to normalcy, but in, in other words, he like really didn't do anything. And ba- basically, I mean, talk about bringing back to normalcy. I mean, he's follow. I mean, I guess cause he's following world war one, but I mean, he's following a very progressive president. So what, you know, like in Woodrow Wilson. So like, what are we talking about with regards to bringing it back to normalcy? Like what, what time is he talking about? You know? Well, he was having a good time himself. He didn't, he had like a whole bunch of affairs like Dan was saying. Yes, he wrote erotic poetry to his wife, to his uh, yeah. girlfriend. That's yeah, why they think that his wife might have poisoned him, right? They think yeah. his wife poisoned him because he was like having all these affairs. He nicknamed yeah, I mean, his genitalia and all that stuff too. So, like, it was, <laughs> so yes, <laughs> yes, there was a name. I wish was, we went from just like ah, oh, now we're just ripping Harding apart. And I was just like, yeah, Poor you know, and I it's mean. funny too because like you're worse than your canon. That and that's why students don't forget who he is. They're like, oh yeah, he's the guy who named his you know his junk Jerry. So uh, yeah, that's the one. And that's, that's the the, and, and that's usually on the AP test. So that exactly, that's actually that was that's how you get that's how you get a six. And what name did <laughs> draw it? Actually, draw an artist rendition of it. <laughs> oh man, I mean, obviously, he's known in history for the Teapot Dome scandal, right? I mean that, that's and the fact that like he was never really, it, they couldn't really pinpoint anything at him and frame him for anything with these political scandals because he just died, literally, just randomly died as odd as that sounds and a lot of historians believe that there might have been some form of legal ramifications against him and his politicians who were extremely corrupt um but he had died of this like quick heart attack the same was something with poisoning um you know like you said tom potentially his wife that's a rumor i think you know it's one of those things that's gonna be hard to prove one way or the other now but i want to say i think he kind of exhumed his body too actually i want to say harding Harding? Harding to see if to see if he was poisoned. Really, I think I so. I'm not entirely that. sure on that, but like it's. I mean, if Warren Harding, Coolidge, Hoover, like those those guys kind of go together. Um, going back to Coolidge, I kind of forgot to mention that before. There's a few two interesting things. Um, one that he had a mechanical horse that he would ride for exercise. Coolidge. I don't know if you guys knew that. He had this like mechanical horse saddle installed in the White House, and basically he referred to this as the Thunderbolt. 
and um, he spoke about this often in the press, and that was his exercise. He would r- ride this mechanical bull. Some of these lists that I look at for forgotten presidents have Herbert Hoover, but I would argue I was gonna say that, that too. He's on that a lot, but I think he's a very well-known. I mean, you don't teach a great you don't teach the Great Depression without teaching Herbert Hoover. Yeah. So by no means would I say that he is forgotten. Talk about more modern presidents that are like somewhat forgotten. Some, one of the lists that's here was Truman, which I would disagree with because, I mean, any form of Cold War conversation starts off with Truman. But he might fall into the whole thing that, Dan, you said of like following a you know charismatic known leader. Because let's face it, Harry Truman was no FDR. But Truman got a bad rap after the fact. I think he gets a better rap. More modern day historians tend to like. Yeah, Truman we did a whole podcast on him a lot I mean, more. I, I, like, I like him. I think every. I think every. He's still one of the like top six, top seven presidents now. Mm-hmm. For what? Yeah, what he actually had to do, like put the yeah. put the world, help put the world back together after yeah, World no, War II. I, yeah, I like him. More modern guys that like. Would you say Jimmy Carter? I was just going to say that. I remember showing students the picture of all the presidents that were alive, and they had no clue who Jimmy Carter was. And then when I said I Jimmy Carter. Too. A lot of them didn't even know that they're like that guy was president. Oh, they must I think have that's more of a history teacher. I think that's more yeah. of a modern, yeah, a, a modern American is American. We, we don't want to forget anything bad that happens. I mean, Jimmy Carter gets a bum rap because he tried to make our principles actually apply to our policy. And yeah, and he told people what turn down the thermostats, right? <laughs> yeah. Like that. yeah, they they didn't like that. Like you, know, I'm I'm cranking it up. It's so. basically everything we should be like we don't want to hear. He told us, uh, which was, which was his his fatal flaw. He wound up winning uh, Nobel Peace Prizes since then, right? Didn't he win like some Nobel Prizes? Yeah, he's he's one. I think he's one of the four presidents who won a Nobel Peace Prize. Well, you know, in office or not in office. Hmm. So he, I don't know if he's yes, forgettable, but I I, don't, I think yeah, Dan is right. Yeah, he's he kind of not really doesn't get the credit maybe that he deserves as much. I mean, yeah, you know, us, us Americans, we don't like thinking about the bad things, especially recently. Like we don't like we want to move forward and think positively. And that's the great thing about being an American, right? We never look in the past; it's always towards the future. It was a charismatic. I think Reagan was charismatic. Whether you like Reagan or hate Reagan, Reagan was a very charismatic individual. So having him after him kind of overshadows, you know, a lot of what Carter was. You know, yeah. I mean, and you think of Carter, but then his predecessor Ford, I would think, would be more forgettable than Carter would be. Ah, good point. Minus the mi- minus Nixon, uh, minus the whole Nixon pardon. What else did Ford do? Fall down a lot, basically. Yeah, he fell down. Yeah. Well, he created Saturday Night Live. <laughs> like That's the, true. Wasn't he the first president that they mocked on Saturday Night Live, and that was like the big thing. One of the, first the great, presents. the great Chevy Chase. Yeah, just falling down. That's what you had to do. So there was a poll conducted in 2009 across different American universities where they showed pictures uh, to university students of different presidents and random people, not just presidents, but like people amongst them was presidents to see who they would recognize. And 62 percent of college students in this poll in 2009 did not recognize who Gerald Ford was. 62 percent. I had no idea who the guy was when they showed him the picture. Uh, Isn't that crazy? I mean, yeah, yes, but I can also I can see that. I mean, again, like you talk about, he's not really talked about that much. Think about when you teach. That's in US too, right? So it's mostly older older students in Jersey here. That's like junior year, right? Mm-hmm. And it's towards the end of the year for the most part, right? What do you agree, Dan? Yep, and you're rushing you're through it. Some, yeah, no, Ford's like Ford's you're like going to mention. Mentioned. You're going to talk about Watergate. <laughs> you're going to talk about Watergate. You're going to talk about Ford, and then it's just going to be he kind of just you know he pardoned. Nixon, and then okay, let's it's time to watch a movie, you know, or something like that. Like so, wow, it just, Tom, you're really not making yourself seem good here. I mean, I don't show. I'm not saying I mean, I'm, I'm not saying I'm watching movies. crunch time of AP happens. exams. I don't show movies. What are I'm you not, talking about? I'm not, hey, my AP scores were phenomenal this year. Okay, <laughs> not I, Mr. Grizz levels, be, but nice. I believe it's because the social studies leadership was so strong. That's why. 
<laughs> that must have been it. That must have been. Yeah, it. that must have been it. But I mean, fun fact, about, <laughs> fun fact about Ford though is two different assassins tried to kill him in the span of seventeen days, yeah. and they were and they were both women as well. Yeah, um, that was one of our podcasts, Dan. Thanks for listening. That was one of our old <laughs> oh, podcasts. Yeah, yeah, of course. Presidential assassination attempts. <laughs> it's available in the archive. Check it out. Was the pretzel in there from George W. Bush too? There was. I mentioned the pretzel. There was. You mentioned yep. the pretzel. Excellent. Yeah, you have to mention the pretzel. Shoes. Go. Yeah, well, we talk about forgotten presidents as well. What about George? What about George H. Bush? Yeah. Well. Oh, I like it. I think. Oh. Because you think about it too. Like once again, after big, he's sandwiched in between two big personalities. Yeah. True. He's a one-term president. Like he ends the Cold War, not Reagan, but Reagan gets all the credit for it. Yeah. Well, I think his legacy is, is going to be the um, couple things. Well, uh, throwing up on the Japanese prime minister, right? That's what he's known for. The Gulf War, and uh, read my lips, no new taxes. Like, he went from having such a huge uh, approval rating, right, to just tanking. Well, he also didn't know. He, they said he wasn't in touch with the people because he was considered so wealthy. But I read his biography, and I mean, he he was a he was something else. Like if you guys really look into his life, there's no denying that this guy was. But again, it's one of those like, is he known for being a president or versus some of the other stuff that he would be known for? I mean, also if you live in Texas, you would know him a lot more than if you live in New Jersey. But he's also one of those those last like northeastern Republicans, like around like you know he was that last kind of like well we consider like old school traditional republicans and before it went you know more towards the right with the you know christian coalitions and you know the religious right he kind of believed in that you know monetary fiscal policy you know like socially socially he wasn't that conservative um and then kind of this republican party went so much right after his administration where he was he doesn't even recognize as republican anymore for the most part true true so i guess unless you guys have somebody else i mean i don't really have any other ones but I kind of want to, what do you think might become forgotten? You know, this is kind of one of those, like, what is time? Well, I think a lot of the ones we talked about are probably going to continue to be less and less significant, well-known right? or significant. Yeah. As time goes on. But as far as like modern ones, like I don't know, who's to say, like, I mean, I agree. Like, I don't think like Obama's never going to be a forgotten president just because of, you know, being the first African-American president and everything that comes with that, that historical, you know, Event and everything, yeah. It's the significance of it. I, I don't whether you like him or hate him, Trump is not going to be a forgotten president, so that's just not going to happen either. So, you know, it's just interesting to see what happens. You know, it'd be interesting to see because, like, kind of if it fits what's, what Dan was talking about, and I agree with that. You know, these, these after these strong personalities, the next guy, you know, Biden right now, he's he's doesn't he's like him or or dislike him, he's, he's not Trump with that personality. So, hey, you know, history yeah. will tell, but it'd be interesting. I possibly Clinton. I mean, minus the scandals, because like if you look at the probably like Trump, Obama, there's there's giant paradigm shifts with those guys. You know, they're like historical moments, like 9/11, yeah. the first African American president. Um, Trump is Trump, obviously. I mean, yeah. and then as Tom pointed out, like well, Biden, like who knows who's after him? He can get he can get like, sandwiched in as being like you know another boring old white guy. Uh, sure. He can be forgotten. Yeah, I think history kind of tells. Like you know, it's it's as time goes on, that's what that's when we'll find out who else gets kind of left in the the curtails. But I think we're, we're you know, as teachers, as history teachers, we have a certain almost responsibility here because obviously history's growing, right? And un- until they start really coming up with like U.S. history three, um, you know, we have to really speed through a lot of things in our curriculum, right? 
And you're going to highlight the Andrew Jackson, you know, much more than you're going to highlight Van Buren, right? You're going to highlight FDR much more. I mean, tr- actually, Truman is probably going to be highlighted. You know what I mean? But like, see where I'm going with this? Like, we're almost yeah. as teachers and come on, kind of almost like with the restrictions that are put on us more or less by, you know, it's curriculum standards or, or whatever it may be. We're kind of the ones that are, you know, almost responsible of determining which presidents or not, not us personally, but I guess curriculum. Right. And textbooks are kind of responsible for dictating which presidents are going to be remembered and which ones are going to be forgotten. But even if you look at something like the AP curriculum, Pete, it's like kind of like getting away from that entirely. All the presidents, all thematic, all all those giant paradigm shifts. And it's going to be interesting, too, to see like the romantic, the romantic, you know, feelings of our, you know, grandparents, our parents about like Reagan, about, you know, Kennedy and Johnson and Nixon, all like when they eventually pass on, like, are we going to have that same kind of romantic feelings about like Obama and Trump or Biden even? Because like, when you talk to people, we talk about Reagan, you think he's the greatest thing in the world. But when we look at the historical aspect of it, you're like, oh, you know, okay, he did a lot, but I don't think he's that. There's some blemishes there. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We don't think he's as great as he, as, you know, our parents think he is. Yeah. You always got to look back. But I, like, I mean, you know, it's a good thing to close on, but like you said, even wasn't Lincoln that wasn't even well liked until he was like assassinated. Yeah. You know? Oh, imagine like, Lincoln yeah. got went through with his reconstruction plan. I mean, this guy, like this guy might not have been on a penny guys. Yeah. Would have changed things. Or no, everyone's, second ter- everyone's second term is always worse. Right. Right. Anyway, I mean, I think that was a pretty good introduction to some uh, forgotten presidents and obviously yeah, yeah, well, we- a little all over the place, but that's okay. But that's how we roll. That's, that's, that's how we, that is us. That's the authenticity of this. There you go. So, uh, awesome stuff. Dan, thank you so much for joining us today. That was awesome. I no problem. I, I hope we get invited for a comic book conversation one day. I like that. So. <laughs> we'll do. We'll do. Everybody else, guys, thank you so much for tuning in once more. I hope everyone has an amazing week, and we will see you guys next week. Enjoy. Stay safe, everybody. I hope everyone enjoyed our podcast, and if you would like to email us, you can do so at historyteacherspodcast at gmail.com. The Battle of Waterloo was one of the most famous turning points in world history. But what happened next? My name's David Montgomery, and I'm the host of The Siecla, a history podcast that tackles exactly that. Join me as I cover France's overlooked century in between Napoleon and World War I. The Siecle, spelled S-I-E-C-L-E, is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and can be found wherever you get podcasts.